Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Do you believe that you're growing stronger? Yes. Amen. When we're fed on the Word of God, it's going to nourish us. And then if we'll begin using that faith you will grow stronger. And the stronger you get, the easier uh, the impossible appears. <laughs> the stronger you get, the closer in reach uh, visions and dreams will come to you. And the good things of God will be able to manifest in your life. Get your Bible, something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. And let's release faith to get exactly what we should get today. Father, we are so thankful for your goodness and graciousness to us. All the good things you have done for us and all the great plans that you have for us yet, we thank you, thank you, thank you. Speak to us by your spirit and, and your word and, and answer questions and open our eyes and ears and hearts and help us to see things through your eyes and the way they really are and the way you would have us to see it. And we purpose to be doers of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in the uh, Scripture. We'll start in Mark 2 for time's sake today and uh, continue our study of the healing of the man with the withered hand. We've been on the topic of faith for healing for some weeks now. And we know that faith comes by hearing. Faith for healing comes by hearing the word on healing. And so we studied the healing of the leper, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, the healing of the paralyzed man, the healing of the nobleman's son. And we spent quite a bit of time on those. And if you weren't with us, go back, go online, go back, get those, get caught up with us. We're today uh, continuing on number five of these individual healings, the healing of the man with the withered hand. It's in Luke and Mark and Matthew, and uh, for time's sake, we'll start in, in Mark today. Uh, Mark 2, 23, it came to pass when Jesus went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, his disciples began as he went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said to him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? He said to them, Have you never read? What David did when he had need and was unhungered, he and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. You notice they're wanting to take Jesus to task over the law. And these were Pharisees 
and doctors of the law. Now the doctors were considered, the, it'd be like today, uh, doctor of divinity, uh, experts on the word, uh, supposedly. And yet they come to Jesus, they want to talk about the law and the word. He's happy to talk about it with them. And he shares word with them, and yet they don't accept it. Um, you, you'll see that, that so most people are just woefully, pitifully ignorant of the word. And you'll find that the people that are the most proud about how much they know are pitifully ignorant. This is the case every time because when you really begin to learn things about God and about his word, everything you learn opens up how much you didn't know. <laughs> and, you, and you think, whoa, <laughs> that's, that's the tip of the iceberg. And, and then you learn this, you go, oh boy, there's a whole thing over here that I didn't see and didn't know. And so you'll find people that are so adamant and want to be so technical and, and, and so uh, demanding about, you know, what they know about it. They are actually very ignorant and don't realize it. And the Lord is trying to help them. He said, well, have you never read? Now, you know, I'm sure they took that as an insult. Have you never read about David? They're like, have I never read about David? I've got three degrees in the <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't get it, buddy boy. Huh? You didn't get it. And so what we see in this passage is the difference between reasoning and revelation. Can you see that? Between the letter of the law and spirit. What God intends is not that we memorize a bunch of stuff, but that we begin to get the spirit of things and learn who he is and, and his heart, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Uh, we're, we're to learn the spirit of it and not get hung up on a technicality, uh, on a half a verse, and, and, and have a church split. Hmm? That is so displeasing to God. Why? What does that show? That usually both sides are really ignorant. Baby babies hardly know anything about God in the Word. Uh, and, and, you know, lest you think I'm just making this up, go to 1 Corinthians 3. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you some word. <laughs> Because I'm using some strong words, but uh, we need to. Uh, this made Jesus angry. Remember that? We just got through reading that yesterday. This, made, this kind of thing made him angry. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3. He said, verse 1, Brethren, I, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither now are you able. See, you've got a, a little baby, and you try to feed him a piece of steak. doesn't work, right? he, he got no teeth. He can't, can't chew it up. You'll choke him. 
and, and he'll just uh, uh, spit it out or play with it or throw it on the floor or something. He needs milk, right? Milk. But at some point, you know, uh, 30 years later, <laughs> is that right? Should be able to eat a piece of steak. Is that right? Something solid. 50 years later, should be able to take a little solid food. Now, the reason I say that is because you got 50-year-old Christians can't take anything but milk. And you might say, well, how would you know that they're, they're baby babies? Keep reading. <laughs> For you are yet carnal. How do we know? For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal? And walk as men, or you could say as mere men, as mere unsaved men. What's, what's the, one of the identifying characteristics of being babies and not being developed? Strife. Hmm? Always fussing. Always fighting. Always contention. Hmm? <laughs> that shows. There's a bunch of babies there. And in Mark 3, coming back to Mark 2 and 3, these folks are always wanting to fight, aren't they? These Pharisees, these doctors of the law. And they, they come claiming they're the authorities on the word and that Jesus is violating the word. And so he says, okay, let's talk the word. <laughs> and he gives them multiple scriptures and they're just like, hmm, yeah, but you're wrong. You can't heal on the Sabbath. They don't really love the Word. Can you see that? They love being right. They love being important. Huh? They love being in control. That's not godly. Doesn't mean they know God. It's nothing like God. <clears throat> How many have come across folks that are, don't raise your hand, that, are, that know just enough Scripture to be devilish. You know, always quoting the scripture, what you're supposed to do and how, how they can do things that are wrong and it's okay and nothing's required of them and everything's required of you and keep harping on the same two or three half of scriptures that they don't even understand, misquoting them, misapplying them, and so pitifully ignorant, truly of the word and so ignorant of God. And who he is. Can you see why the Lord said this in Matthew? We'll see it in just a minute. He said, uh, if you knew this scripture, I want mercy. Huh? I want kind. That word can also be translated kindness. I want kindness, not sacrifice. Hmm? Jesus kept bringing that up. And he revealed and introduced the new covenant and gave the New Testament command. Command, love one another. As I've loved you. What, what is that? Care about what's going on with them. They didn't care about this man in his hand. And that made Jesus mad. Let's make up our mind. We're not going to get caught up in this religious mm, deception. Right? There will always be things we don't yet understand about the word. There's so much there. But if we just keep focused on how can we help somebody, we're going to be in tune with the Spirit of God, right? 
and the holes of our understanding he'll help fill in. If our heart's right, he'll help us get our head fixed. <laughs> he said, uh, he entered again into the synagogue. There was a man there which had a withered hand. They watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. He said to the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. He said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored, whole as the other. Remember we saw a connection between the Sabbath day and rest, and between rest and restoration. Right? So it was absolutely right for a man to be restored on the rest day. <laughs> right? The religious people didn't see it. They fought against it. But how many can, I mean, reading this, you should be so obvious. It's perfect on the rest day for somebody to be restored. And when you've had a problem with your body and it's troubled you and now it's fixed, you go, ah, <laughs> right? It's done. I got it. <laughs> you can rest on the inside. You can rest on the outside. And that's what the day of rest was all about. Being able to rest. He said the Sabbath was uh, made for the man, not the man for the Sabbath. Uh, go to Matthew, the 12th chapter. Skip down to verse 9. When he was departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. They asked him, saying, Is it lawful? to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him. Now let's stop there. You remember in Revelation that it says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren that accused them before God night and day. You don't want to partner up with the accuser. Hmm? You don't want to, to, to yield your mouth and your mind and focus in letting the enemy accuse people through you. Can, can you see that? Yeah. Now it's happened too many times. But uh, making accusations. And trying to find fault with. And accusing. And, and condemning. And judging. None of this is from the Holy Spirit. You start doing that. And you have left the Holy Spirit. And you're yielding to a wrong spirit. Who's the accuser of the brethren? The devil himself. And can you find how many times that very word is used? They, they were watching to accuse him. They were planning to accuse him, accuse him. And for what purpose? So that they could destroy him. So that we saw that word and kill him. Well, who's that? The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And the way he seeks to be able to do that is through the accusations. Accusations, judgment, then stealing, killing, and destroying. We're not going to yield our mouths to that, are we? So say it out loud, I'm not an accuser. And keep reading. He said, verse 11, he said to them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep 
And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Now, we read uh, uh, yesterday's class about the woman with the spirit of infirmity. Jesus actually said this he, he, concerning them. Same thing came up with her in her healing. They said, shouldn't heal on the Sabbath day. And, uh, I, I, you know, by this time, I guess Jesus has heard it repeatedly out of them. I guess he kind of fed up with it. We know it made him mad. It's the Bible said he said, you hypocrite. Doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey and lead him out to get water on the Sabbath day? And they might say, well, what's that got to do with anything? That's showing how blind you are. It's okay to water a donkey. But it's not okay to get this woman out of physical distress. This is revelation. Isn't it? Jesus brought it up repeatedly, repeatedly, and we need to do it. We need to keep it in our mind. Every time somebody suggests it might not be God's will to heal. Now, this is the Sabbath day, but the same thing is happening today in our generation. Even though they're not saying Sabbath, it's some other thing, some other reason why it's not God's will to heal them now. Hmm? May not be God's will. He may be teaching them something. He may be this. Well, then why don't you say that about your thirsty donkey? Maybe God's teaching them something. To go without water. <laughs> now, you're laughing, but it shows this disconnect. This inconsistency. This hypocrisy. That's what Jesus is trying to show him. He said, you hypocrite. You're here interfering with the healing of this dear woman who's been suffering with this problem for 18 years. He went on to say, she's a daughter of Abraham. Satan has bound her these 18 years. He said, she ought to be set free. You got no problem watering your thirsty donkey. On the Sabbath day, you got no problem watering your ox, feeding your ox, helping your ox out. And if your sheep got in the ditch on the Sabbath day, you're going to get your sheep out of the ditch. Pharisee, doctor of the law, and they all knew it. No doubt they had. You know they had watered their animals. You know if a, an animal got out or got tangled up or got in a ditch on the Sabbath day. They got it out. And yet, in the synagogue, in church, see, people only believe this kind of goofy stuff in church. They don't believe it at home. They don't believe, you know what I mean by that? <laughs> no. Do you have to take and make effort and seek God about helping an animal in distress? Hmm? You come home, you got a dog. You come home, you got a dog. The dog has gotten into some wire. He's tangled himself up. It's cut his leg. He's, he can't move. He's wrestled until he's, you know, out of strength. Do you see your dog and go, wow, that's bad. Uh, maybe... Maybe your spouse comes in or your child comes in. Well, well, help him, Daddy. Wait, wait just a minute. Wait. You know, you just never know what God is doing. 
I tell you what, let's kneel down here and let's ask the Lord if we should help Fido or not. Because it could be that God's teaching him something with this wire. Now see, you're shaking, your, everybody's shaking their heads, shaking their heads. Well, then why would you pray that about a human being? Why would you do that? Can you see the disconnect? Can you see the inconsistency? Can you see the hypocrisy? No, you don't pray at all. Hmm? You don't pause for a minute. Why? It never crosses your mind that it might not be God's will to help your animal out. You go straight to do it. Why? Because the animal needs help. Well, there's a lot of times you need help. (laughs) And do we have to labor over? Can you see how the enemy has fed lies in religious form and even had them taught in seminaries and over the pulpits and made it so convoluted and complex and complicated. Well, I know it's awful and I know you're suffering, but we just don't know. You know, for some reason, God, why wouldn't you say that? For some reason, God sent this wire into my dog's life. Now, is that my thought or is that Jesus' thought? The head of the church said this. He said, what man is there among you? Because they said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? They're trying to say it can't be God's will for this man with the withered hand to be healed right here today. They're trying to say it's not. It's not. Why? Because of religious observance of the Sabbath. And if it wasn't that, it'd be something else. The enemy's always trying to convince you, sorry, it's not God's will for your needs to be met. It's not God's will for you to be healed. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's not God's will for your bills to be paid. I'm sorry because of this, not now. And even if you won't believe it's never his will, he'll say, well, not now, not now, not under these circumstances. And maybe at some point, no, no. Today's the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Is that what the scripture says? Now. Somebody say now. 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 God doesn't change. Then he went on to say this. What man is there among you if he have one sheep and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day? Will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Every one of them knew they would. Probably they had. Right? And it was time to repent. But they didn't. They sat there and fumed and their heart knew he's telling them the truth. And they wouldn't acknowledge it. That's, that's men's religion for you. He went on to say, won't you lay hold of it and lift it out? Won't you help it on the Sabbath day? Then he said, how much then is a man better than a sheep? Now this goes contrary to much of the world today. What do you mean? Well, they don't believe that a man's better than a sheep. Say what? No, they don't. Many believe that uh, we all came from the same thing. From the same amoeba. 
and evolution, Darwinism, is that we are all developed from the same basic organism. And so you'll hear people try to say, well, you know, uh, they'll try to treat a sheep's life equally to a human being because we're the same. But the scripture says that all flesh is not the same. Remember that in 1 Corinthians 15? All flesh is not the same flesh. He said there's one flesh of birds, another flesh of fish. What does that mean? That contradicts evolution. Hmm? What's it saying? Fish never become birds. Never have, never will. Hmm? I don't care who wrote a book. They weren't there. (laughs) Are, Are you listening to me? Didn't happen. And the scripture says in in more than one place that uh, we are worth more than animals. Uh, Let me back up to Luke uh, 12 here and read this to you. Luke 12, 6. He said, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Luke 12, 7. Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Are you? See, people who don't accept the word, they don't don't believe that. They believe that the earth, there's, there's a strong movement right now, what I call green religion, that we are here to serve the planet. And that the planet is basically more important than the human beings. And this comes back to the evolutionary beliefs and Darwinism and that kind of thing. But Jesus said, a man's better than a sheep. (laughs) Is it true or not? Is it true or not? And what people are missing is that even though there's similarities between the body of a human and the body of an animal... It's not the same on the inside. We're spirit beings. We have souls. We're not the same thing. God is spirit. And he's the father of spirits. But what the Lord is saying. What a wonderful revelation this is. He's saying. The animals are to be helped. Right? This is purely physical. Totally physical. And of a creature that is not of equal value with a human being. But that a a thirsty ox, a thirsty donkey, a sheep that's in a ditch. Lord's saying they ought to be helped out. We're going to see that more clearly maybe in in, in time to come. But if they are to be helped out. Do you have to labor and pray and see if it's God's will for a human being to be healed. Or a human being to be delivered out of distress. Oh, we need to meditate on this. We need to keep this in our mind and our hearts and our thoughts. Say it out loud. A man, a man is better than a sheep. A man, human being, is worth more than birds. <laughs> and our time's up again today. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Give him glory 
to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.